anytime anyone asks, hey, have you ever seen this very famous film? All I can say is no, I haven't seen that. Oh, I haven't seen that. Nope, haven't seen that. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that. Hello and welcome to another episode. I could be blowing this mic. I have no idea. Oh, that's not what I want to be blowing. Um, welcome to another episode of Oh, I Haven't Seen That, the podcast created by me for me. Um, this podcast, as we all know, came out of the fact that I realized during quarantine that being proud of having never seen something that a lot of people have others seen is not a personality trait. It's a character flaw. So that's why we're here today to discuss another famous film that I had never seen until this moment. Or had I seen it before and I had forgotten, we're going to get into that. Um, My guest today is a singer, actor, comedian, and a writer from somewhere in California, maybe Fresno, who knows, not me, a graduate of Marymount Manhattan College. She is currently directing slash co-writing a soon-to-be-announced web series filmed entirely on Zoom, even, if you can believe that. You can follow her on Instagram for updates on that. Please get your ear condoms ready for Rosie Tyler. Hello. Welcome. I'm excited to be here. I did look at, I did go to your Facebook page to see where in California you're from and it said (laughs) Walnut Creek and I was like I've never heard of that and I like the Fresno bit more. That's where, where is, I don't know California. It's, uh, Walnut Creek is about 45 minutes out of San Francisco um, but just like none of the sort of character of the bay area just like the whiteness and the racism oh god bless. <laughs> just cute it's really fun over here yeah <laughs> um no, yeah well i can't imagine a place like walnut like a place named walnut creek not being <laughs> bad for everyone yeah. i went to community college one town over in pleasant hill <laughs> so <laughs> okay um is san francisco above california no i mean above <laughs> above los angeles <laughs> i like that you understood what i meant though uh yeah like it's not in the north part but it is yeah it's above los angeles for sure um, i remember finding that out and being quite surprised i just assumed yeah. like excuse me i have to burp because i'm drinking seltzer yeah that's right you heard it here first i'm hydrated (laughs) as fuck um i just always assumed that california was mostly los angeles Mm -hmm. and that san francisco was just like san francisco was just like the penis like somewhere down in the middle like Mm -hmm. kind of ugly but like useful and fun (laughs) for some and gross to others but yeah that does sum up the the vibe pretty well though um but then our capital is sacramento so yeah, the state of California is so confusing. Yeah, it's it's very long and skinny and <laughs> just, like <laughs> just like me. me. Uh, and but you know, it's a great it's a great state, uh, but there's kind of that northern California southern California rivalry which yeah. I partake in heavily because I like northern California better. They like try to do that rivalry in Virginia. Which is where I grew up. And it, like, just doesn't work. Like, because it's, like, they try to make it Nova. And then, but it's Nova, which is Northern Virginia. And then there is no nickname for the rest of Virginia. It's just called (laughs) Virginia. It's, like, you you automatically lose. 
Mm-hmm. Um, how are you today outside of <clears throat> all of that? Um, oh, wow. you know, I'm good. My parents have been out of town the past two days. Ooh, so throw in um, some sick parties. Yeah, sick parties with me and my dogs, just chilling. <laughs> um, but, which was nice because then I, I took the opportunity. I was like, I'll watch Wet Hot American Summer and I'll watch every other movie David Wayne has directed and I'll watch a documentary on Wet Hot American Summer. So that's how bored I was. So um, I really have a lot of info coming into this. So your summer really got wet and also yeah. American. And hot. And <laughs> oh wait, that's the more interesting word. I jumped <laughs> to American. Really got wet and. <laughs> got wet and American. Kind of like. Uh, you know, that wet ass patriotism. <laughs> uh, <laughs> give me a remake of this, but Cardi B is every character. What a movie that would be. I really have this thing where I want them to bring back the trend of making TV shows centered around singers. And mm-hmm. like, like they had the show Brandy was on and they had Reba yeah. and I'm sure there are others. Billy Ray Cyrus had a TV show for a while where he was an action star or something. I want them to get- I thought you were gonna say, Billy Ray Cyrus had a TV show for a while where his daughter played <laughs> um, a pop star. No. <laughs> oh gosh. I mean, he did. He had no plot lines on that show and was just there to cash a check and like make sure his daughter <laughs> was okay. Yeah. Uh, but I want them to give Cardi a show. I want her to have a sitcom. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you hear that? That's sure a do. house phone, if the people can believe. I don't know if you guys Ooh. know this, but some houses have a phone. Uh, okay, a blessing. Um, yeah, I want them to do a sitcom with Cardi B where she's like, I in my mm-hmm. mind, they're partnered with Fenty and she's like the head of Fenty. Yeah. Or like that. the head of a makeup line for that's like very diverse or something. I don't know. I just feel like she'd be so good. Who would be like her partner in crime? Cause I can see like her having sort of a duo TV show with someone else legendary. Yeah. Oh, who else is funny and like, like could act? Me. <laughs> it's Rosie and Cardi. What a show. I would watch that. Excuse me. And then you feature on her next album. <laughs> Yeah, it's considerably less, like, it's considerably tamer than what Ask Pussy. Oh, yeah. It's just you, like, give, you just give the intro. You're just like, it's like, Cardi. I'm watch some movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, how is your, this is such a fun question that I know people love to answer. How has your quarantine been? It's been, you know, it started rough. I'm not gonna lie. Hmm, it started amazing. with, like, a... Hmm, what does life even mean? What are we all doing here? Like, what's the point? <laughs> and that was cute. And that lasted about a month of just like existential dread. And then I kind of, I got involved with this web series project and I started doing some sort of online volunteering and stuff that just felt like, okay, I have a reason to get up and other people to answer to. And yeah. not just me trying to, I, I wasn't really turning out tons of covers or sketches or like things that I wanted to do I like had a list of stuff I wanted to make by myself but I'm just not that person who can just get out of bed and say I'm gonna do 10 things just on my own because I it's just too easy to procrastinate yeah I get Um, that so once I got like a team of people who were working on the same project with me it became really easy to feel driven because I had other people who were excited and needed me to make a schedule or yeah you know 
get something done for them. So that collaboration has helped a lot. Yeah, that's good though. I think sometimes we're like, we're like, it's like theater's collaborative, theater's collaborative, but you like end up having to do so much of the work on your own that you kind of forget that art is, can also be collaborative and Mm -hmm. is generally better when it's collaborative. No, I don't want to say that because there's plenty of art that is made solo. That is great, but there is. That's the thing where, yeah, it's like, it's, it's collaborative once you have the job and you, before that happens you have to get the job and yeah. that can take months that can take years that can take a lifetime to like get good jobs that are worth like collaborating on and that I was sick of that and I wanted to make some stuff on my own but I just I still need a team I need people who text me if I forget something you know <laughs> like that simple and you're writing it I'm co-writing it uh, a few of the episodes sure um writer is Max Berry who went to Marymount and writer creator and he um I was letting people know that I was interested in directing something and uh, that then the world shut down <laughs> and so he had this idea <laughs> I was sending out some feelers and then yeah. everything ended you know it was literally the week that Broadway closed I was like you know what I'm gonna do it I'm gonna be a director it's gonna be amazing <laughs> my life is gonna change and they were like oh we canceled theater actually for all time and I was yeah. like great awesome so uh max came to me with this opportunity and it was really exciting because i was like oh i can do that at my desk and i don't have to get back to new york and i don't have to you know touch people yeah i get that <laughs> that was what directing me. is really yeah that was me with comedy i was like i had finally done like one open mic mm-hmm. and was like it went poorly obviously but um and I was like hmm, coming up with my like schedule that I was gonna go to and then the world ended mm-hmm. so now we're here and yeah. that's lovely love it uh, um do you consider yourself to be a tv person or a movie person you don't TV. have to pick okay <laughs> TV, <laughs> for sure my, yeah. my I'm also like yeah I, I like movies, you know, I like going to the theater, um, but I just TV, I live in that world. I love that world. Yeah. I'm also very much a TV person. I don't, I think I'm discovering through this podcast that like, I don't really like movies <laughs> or like, so it's actually amazing that I've created a podcast that is only about talking about movies. <laughs> oh, uh, I haven't I, seen that any of them I use and, and truly don't want to like yeah. my first like the first film I talked about was Miss Congeniality and I loved it and everyone was like oh are you gonna watch the sequel and I was like no don't watch the I sequel. don't You're feel fine. like that yeah there's just something about movies that I don't know I feel like it takes so long to get into them and mm-hmm. then by the minute you're really into them and really into the characters it's there's only 30 minutes left <laughs> yes it yeah. just like I don't know what I don't know. What I often it is. feel the opposite, where like there are thirty minutes left, and I'm going, "Oh, they're just starting this conflict." And yeah, that is another thing. Like I, at this point, I kind of want to go. Yeah. Which is like, like why I prefer seeing a movie in a theater, where like I got my snacks, I'm comfy, and there's no chance for me to like get distracted by something else yeah I prefer to I see I often don't finish movies yeah I prefer to see a movie in the theater mm-hmm. 
excuse me because that as well (laughs) yeah and they're open and i'm just like no 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 thanks you absolutely i thought about it the other day it could lead to like the ideal solo movie experience because if everyone has to keep six feet from you you can go to a movie theater and watch a movie and eat your popcorn and like no one's allowed to sit in the chair next to you yeah I like going to movies alone. Yeah, and I would loudly yell at someone who sat near me. Mm -hmm. I almost yelled at a lady and her children today in Target because they were so close to me and my mom. And I was like, this is, I don't know if you've heard the news, but it's six feet, lady. About the size. You've been paying attention the last six months or whatever the fuck it's been. It was just, I just don't understand. This could all be over. That's what's insane is -hmm. that if we just got real strict for like two months, boom. Yeah. It's done. Well, it's not done, but like we're in control. Yeah. It's hard to be like strict and such a fan of freedom that our country is. Like you can't be like, hey, everyone has to do this because it's like, but what about freedom? It's like, you know that's everyone's favorite thing to say like yeah. but but the freedom it's like do you think these other countries don't have freedom either like people in new like people in new zealand are rude like yeah they have freedom they have the freedom to be rude uh-huh i don't know if they're rude i'm that's just the first example i thought of but it's just like what is wrong with <sighs> so it's never going away <laughs> uh what is your favorite tv show mm-hmm. Well, like, Parks and Rec is, like, uh, a guiding light. I love that one. Of course. Um, I've been watching Andy Tribeca lately. How is that? I've thought about getting into it. It's it's very good. It's very weird. It's it seems a lot very of abs- weird. absurdist humor, um, which is kind of similar to what Hot American Summer, actually. Like, it's that just kind of reality need not apply. Um <laughs> which I love I prefer it like yeah. I prefer when because then you take the boundaries off the jokes and sometimes that could be a bad thing but like um, if you take all the boundaries off then you end up with some really weird um jokes that I don't know they feel kind of like you're in on something yeah so I like Andy Tribeca and it kind of goes a little downhill after the first few seasons but I also, I've always loved 30 Rock. Uh, another you know, cl- classic. Classic. Um, but I also like to go back in time a little bit. Like I enjoy watching like Cheers stuff. I've never seen Cheers. Um, that's probably okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what I like about Cheers is that it's like television history. Yeah. Um, I'm blanking on why again, but it was a big deal. People really yeah, liked my my parents loved Cheers when we were in Boston. Mm-hmm. Once we like went to the bar where they where they filmed the opening theme, or it's yeah they took inspiration from, or I I don't Something. know, I don't know. Cheers is one of those shows that has walking tours. You know, that, that, that's yeah, the of level course. of show where it's like this is where you can go to see all the things. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's supposed to. People say that it has one of the best pilots in television history like it's so efficient and sets up all these characters really well which um i hadn't heard that when i saw the pilot but i yeah i'd say sure you know what i think as an amazing pilot 
and I also have to stop talking about it on this podcast, but I probably never will. It's This is the fifth episode, and I've mentioned it every week. The pilot for Glee is so... <laughs> It's so good. Whenever I talk about that show to people, I'm like, no matter what about the show, because so much about the show after the pilot is downhill. Uh But the pilot sets everything up so well. And when it ends with Don't Stop Believing, you're just like, It is good. Okay. I guess I won't. (laughs) Like, oh my God. You guys done convinced (laughs) me, I guess. I guess I'll believe forever. (laughs) Like, I guess I won't stop. I'll never die. Yeah, I, I never, yeah, the, the pilot is good. Like, I was definitely hooked yeah. when I saw that pilot. And then it's just after, like, halfway through the second season, I was like, oh, so they're not going to be that good again? Cool. <laughs> yeah, and but halfway through the second that. season, it's like, what is, Santana is Quinn's dad? What is going on? What is happening? Yeah, I, I don't know. What a show. Um, what a show what a time i truly have to stop talking about it ryan murphy's gonna sue me and he's <laughs> like the dream that's the dream collaborator well you just said his pilot was so good so like you- yeah actually ryan i changed everything i said <laughs> glee was a perfect show from beginning to start 2009 to 2015 it's the best time in history ever american horror flawed. story never been bad scream queens was perfect deserved 10 seasons <laughs> i loved nip tuck just oh, kidding nip-tuck. i couldn't get i couldn't get through eight episodes of nip tuck my favorite thing about the documentary Disclosure is that Ryan Murphy starts as a villain and then he ends as, like, a good person. Have you seen Disclosure? I haven't. Uh, this is the second time Disclosure has come up on the podcast really? because we talked about um, the transphobia. When we did um, Silence of the Lambs, we talked a lot about mm. the transphobia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was still in the middle of the, um, oh, what is his name? The Epstein docs- documentary series. And I still am in the middle of it because I keep mm-hmm. breaks from it because it's just a lot because it's yeah. it's just so much of being like how did how did they get away with this like what's going on so I haven't like started any other documentaries and also I'm not crazy about documentaries yeah I like it just because it's um, very educational for right now and it's also just well made and visually interesting and what's interesting about it is you know, towards the beginning, they cite an episode of Nip Tuck that's really transphobic and problematic. Um, and then come the end of the documentary, Ryan Murphy is, you know, championing, championing Pose and everything. And yeah, um, of course, he still isn't the initial creator of that show, but he is like, Pose probably wouldn't be what it is without that name attached. Oh, like, absolutely. It would still not. be yeah. as incredible, but it wouldn't have sort of reached the same level of recognition probably no um, i don't think it would be on fx yeah um so it is it, it is like a testament to how people can yeah change and be better i think i know i don't know if like ryan murphy went through a personal journey but he has done better things he definitely seems like the type of gay man that a trans woman probably like stopped one day and was like get your fucking shit yeah. together just a strange one on the street too, like not like a friend. Like a woman no, not on a the friend. <laughs> was just like you. I don't even know who you are, but you need to change. Something. But I see that fucking yellow newsies cap you're wearing, and I think we need to have some words. <laughs> uh, I think I know what episode you're talking about. I think it's one of the first few. Yeah, I've never seen Nip Tuck, um, but it's. I um, yeah. let me here. Let me explain it to you. 
two douchey white guys love it are plastic surgeons mm, okay cool that's it is and it, they then is it perf- mr uh mr niff and professor tuck i wish one of them is, <laughs> one of them's the guy that plays dr doom in the original fantastic four films no i don't who is i don't know he's hot that's all you have to know have you seen the original fantastic four films yes okay because i i'm curious about with you patrick like you've not seen a lot of famous films so i want to know what films you have seen and what remain your favorite do you have a favorite movie Yes, I have two. They're very different. I want to know. What are they? Um, one of them is The Wizard of Oz. Okay, great. Well, it's my favorite growing up. It's my favorite movie ever. Mm. It's my go-to, like, feel-good film. I watched it all the time as a kid. I think it's yeah. part of the reason why I'm also, like, obsessed with Wicked. Mm-hmm. I, like, own the books. I've read all, not, I haven't read all, like, Elfring Bombs books, but I just, I love it mm-hmm. so much. I don't know what it is about it. <laughs> My other favorite film, <laughs> I love it, like, I think because it's so delightfully bad. If you're, about, like, you don't have to do those disclaimers with me. I have favorite bad movies. <laughs> you can just say, say it outright. It's the live action Scooby-Doo film. The first one, not Monsters Unleashed. Oh, okay. It is okay. so absurd. It's the type of movie that when I rewatch it as an adult, I'm like, okay, one, how did this get made? How did no one in the process, it's kind of like cats where you're like, how did no one stop this from happening? But it's just, they're all, everyone in it, unlike cats, everyone in it is so dedicated to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like Linda Cardellini deserved an Oscar for her performance as Velma. It's, and it's I incredible stand by casting. That. Yeah, they're all so good. Yeah. And I also think Daphne's fight scene is one of the funny, it's so funny, <laughs> but it's also so epic because it was choreographed by these like, super well-known kung fu movie guys who they like flew well they movie filmed in australia so i guess they didn't have to fly very far but um <laughs> but um like they came in and choreographed the, the entire thing i think they filmed like a whole 10 minutes worth and then edited it, it down to like the i don't know it takes place in the middle of the theme song which can't be more than like a minute and 30 seconds <laughs> and it just uh and freddie prince jr is just so delightfully stooped he's so he's so hot and it just oh it's it's a perfect film yeah i so there's something about certain movies that because one of my the banes of my existence is rotten tomatoes like just those scores Uh, oh we're gonna get into rotten tomatoes (laughs) what they assign to like our favorite films and people it's more the people who use that against you the people in the world who are like we the people we the people. We the I don't people want of, to see that. We the people of Rotten Tomatoes. Wait, <laughs> have you ever watched what is that show with Lisa Kudrow? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. The comeback. I was gonna say friends. Um, Where she goes, I don't I don't wanna see that. It's just her saying that line over and over again, practicing it for like 10 minutes. <laughs> Not too much. It's so good. She's great. Oh okay, wait, but what were you saying before? I have no clue. Uh, Amazing. We were talking about Scooby-Doo and then, oh, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, and just, there's people who find a way to kind of use, like, my dad is very much the kind of guy who was like, oh, I don't want to see that movie because it didn't get a good rating. And I'm like, yes, but I know you and I know you would like it. Yeah. Like, yeah, but I'm skeptical. 
And I think that the I try to not look at scores at all until I have seen a film because it's really misleading and really dumb. Yeah, I don't know how we've gotten to this place where Rotten Tomatoes hold so much weight. Yes. Especially because, like, because then you get into the whole thing about movies aren't made for everyone, Mm -hmm. but you have the same critics reviewing every film. And none of these critics seem willing to admit that, like, this movie just wasn't made for me. Like, the idea that every movie has to be made for every person alive is not possible and it's it's a disservice to these films to have all of the same i just don't understand yeah just it doesn't make any sense and there's this kind of i think there's energy with certain film audiences and critics that's like you know every frame of painting like this has to be a piece of art a piece of like yeah but sometimes a movie is just like silly and simple and good yeah (laughs) it's this just it's the same way like music critics sometimes review people's albums and they're like it's not cohesive it doesn't Mm -hmm. flow and i'm like who said who said it has to so few people listen to albums that way anymore yeah like especially with like spotify like some people just are listening on shuffle from the get-go yeah and so this flow and that's at the end of the day that's what the producer and the artist decided and i don't care yeah, like if Beyonce wants to make an album where every song is the different genre, you just mm-hmm. fucking let her. I'll be like, thank you. Thank you for thank that, you. ma'am. Where are the twins? Sometimes I think about it, like when I watch TV shows, I get this thing. I don't know if you feel this way, but you are like, oh, I could do that. Like I was watching Law and Order last night and I was like, I could be a lawyer. So shit looks Yeah, I feel easy. that way, especially now that I'm sort of editing, like, in the editing process for this web series, I'm like, oh, so much of, like, timing on, like, in, like, a network comedy is the editor. Oh, yeah. Like, so much of, like, it's not really the actors delivering the joke perfect every time. So much of the timing comes down to the editor fixing things. And that's not to say you don't need funny people on an NBC comedy, but I'm like, mm, I could do that. But yeah, I think there are if I'm very- not great, they could make me I think there are very few shows and very few performances where you're like, oh, it's the person. Yeah. Like, I think like Veep no is... no one else Yeah, I think Veep is probably one of the first shows I've watched in a long time where I'm like, oh, it's not the editing. It's that these people... A, the writing's amazing and these people are delivering the lines so mm-hmm. specifically that yeah. this, couldn't, this couldn't be another cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so you picked today's film um did i showed you the list any and was it on the list or you picked it it was on um, the list and i was surprised to see it on the list because i was you know it was next to a lot of very famous films and this yeah film like people know this it's a household name you might say but it's more of a cult classic and yeah very highly rated and so it was like i was surprised to see it and i was like hey that'd be fun to talk about do you like remember the first time you saw this film or anything or do you have like a specific connection to it not I don't remember the first time I saw it I I, weirdly I have a memory of being in like a hotel and it coming on tv (laughs) and I don't have any idea how old I was but I was probably young because I think 
I was changing channels and what came up was the scene where they're all like doing heroin. And <laughs> I was like a kid and I was just like, oh, um, I, and I remember seeing Amy Poehler. I think I was old enough to know who she was. But I saw like young Amy Poehler doing heroin and I thought, this movie's not for me. <laughs> move on from that. And, and so I for years put off watching it, assuming I'd hate it. Um, cause that was just the most severe scene I could have walked into. But when I eventually watched it, I was like, oh, this is right up my alley, but it definitely wouldn't have been when I was 11. Okay. Yeah. Like, I'm glad I waited to watch it because I was a very sheltered child and this movie would have made me a very uncomfortable. <laughs> this movie was your, does a little bit in certain this movie was your first swap. It sure was. Wet ass. Was like, almost not. So like what I'm saying is in about 10 years, I will like, what else? What else was even be my favorite film? You'll listen to, <laughs> in 10 years, you'll listen to WAP and be like, Cardi knew what she was doing on this one. I get it now. Uh, I get it now. I realized, well, I guess I should just go ahead and say the name. Well, we've already said it. So we're talking about Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> um, I'm going to go through a few mm-hmm. facts about it. It was released in 2001 um directed by david wayne written by david wayne and michael showalter who also stars in it the film stars everyone specifically amy poehler bradley cooper molly shannon paul rudd ken marino elizabeth banks and so many more that i didn't feel like writing down their names um (laughs) it was filmed on a budget of 1.8 million dollars and it grossed $295,206 $295,206 on a limited theatrical release in fewer than 30 cities. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it only has a score of 38% yeah. with mostly negative reviews, mm-hmm. which I think is just more proof that Rotten Tomatoes, like these films aren't made for everyone. Like critics, mm-hmm. this film is like long form sketch. Yeah. With so many different like comedic tropes within it mm-hmm. and i don't know what the qualification is to be a critic have a computer like i don't know but <laughs> i mean i guess in 2001 have a pen like i don't fucking know um but it's just like yeah, clearly this... sorry no what I, all i was gonna say was um another thing that you learn in the documentary they released a few years back that they shot this movie in 28 days and in 23 of those 28 days, it rained. Um, so they <laughs> they shot this movie with like the with like the best cast ever, but with yeah. the universe working against them. And I could imagine some critic somewhere not knowing that information and saying that one scene where he's talking to her, it's raining outside. That's yeah. sloppy. That's lazy. But it's not the case and i'm not saying that's what all critics are criticizing but it's just this kind of movie where to me it's about so much more than the the final outcome it's also about like just what it was for so many of these actors and how it was made it's very fascinating i also think it's weird that like we review really anything like movies film tv shows without context of things like that yeah because when you really think about that like the context that goes into making films like there's no excuse for there to be a bad superhero movie the budgets are Mm -hmm. a million billion dollars Mm -hmm. they should all be 
they should all have Oscars is what I'm saying. Yes. Like they should, they should, they should not be bad. Mm-hmm. There's too much money in there. Yeah. I realized like maybe 20 minutes in, I think I'd seen the beginning of the film before. I think mm-hmm. I'd started it maybe in high school when I think when, I think I started it when they put the prequel series on Netflix because mm-hmm. it had Amy Poehler, Bradley Cooper. So I was like, oh, I want to watch this. And then I didn't understand it. So I was like, oh, let me watch the movie. Yeah. And then I got 20 minutes in and I, I think this was before I was like really into watching SNL. Like, I mean, I'd been into like mad TV stuff, mm-hmm. which, but that's a very, but mad TV. I don't know that's funny to me. <laughs> but, but mad TV's style of comedy is so different than yeah. SNL or even like, I think SNL is more similar to the movie than Matt TV would Mm be. So I think it was just very like out. And I was still like just getting into Parks and Rec. And I don't actually think Mm -hmm. I watched a lot of those comedies until college. So I don't know. I think this was like my first foray into kind of that more absurd comedy or really Mm -hmm. heightened comedy. So like 20 minutes in, I was like, not for me. I think it was when Paul Rudd pushed the first kid out of, (laughs) <laughs> um the car and then I was like I don't that he uh abandoned the first child. I think it was when the kid drowns <laughs> when the first kid drowns and he... I think that Paul was Red when and like Elizabeth Banks are making out and a child drowns which is fun pa- really romantic Paul Rudd is so hot in this movie. yeah <laughs> everyone in this movie is so I was so I, so the last movie I talked about was Napoleon Dynamite. And I talked about how it's so oh, hard to watch a movie where you aren't sexually attracted to anyone. <laughs> but this movie was so easy to watch because every scene, <laughs> I was like, there's someone I'm sexually attracted to. Yeah. Uh, they're all, s- s- it's just, it's insane. Like the cast is insane. It's people mm-hmm. who don't, well some, well, some of them are people who don't really do comedies a lot, I feel like. Yeah, and the fun, another fun fact, I came with backstory, is it was Amy Poehler and Elizabeth Banks' first feature film, and it was also Bradley Cooper's first feature film. Uh, um, and a star was born. <laughs> I prepared damn. that ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into Yeah, so it's, it's a lot of people who were never, or maybe now are in that world, but they had never been in it. Yeah, that's what, especially Elizabeth Banks. Like uh, and, Chris Maloney from yeah. Law Order. Chris Maloney, I didn't write his, oh, uh, he's another one that I would yeah. let ruin my life. Absolutely. He is so attractive. He's a gorgeous man and he plays a ridiculous character. He's so fun. such a good actor. Mm-hmm. He's in another thing where he plays something really outrageous. I can't think of what it is, but he's he's so good. Yeah. And he has appeared famously in the nude before in a film oh. and i might have looked it up once before <laughs> i'm not afraid i'm not afraid of that i did my research i did my i did my i looked up every male actor in this film on google like, and then nude question mark? and then put the word hot after because <laughs> oh i just have so much to say okay so let's just get into some overall thoughts i have some right. certain notes i want to talk mm. about um i'm this movie's not on netflix it which was, I've, but it's not anymore. Yeah. Netflix. How bad did your contract have to be <laughs> with the company that released this film for you to have the rights to the characters to create not 
one, but two series about this film, but you couldn't keep the rights to the film. (laughs) I refuse to think that Netflix just took it off for a while. And then it's like, you know how Disney does that vault where they used to do like the vault bullshit where they take films out of circulation Mm -hmm. and then they'd be like, we're taking it out of the vault. It's like, okay, you just stopped printing copies that was shut up have a billion dollars i don't want to hear it just give me sleeping beauty and give it to me now but i like refuse to believe that netflix is doing the same thing well what i my theory with that because oftentimes netflix will have a sequel and not the first movie like all of the time yeah um and i my theory is that it's more the studio whoever owns the projects thinking okay so we'll put sequel on netflix people will be excited to see it there but then they'll go wait a second i don't just want to watch incredibles 2 <laughs> i'll watch the original incredibles yeah so they had to go somewhere else and actually pay money to rent it um well not with disney plus now but like they have to go somewhere else so the studio end up makes it ends up making more money if people first go rent the movie yeah. And then go to Netflix to watch the sequel is my theory. And so I feel like it could be the same for series, but also no one will, that's a lot of effort to ask people to put in. Like, I'm going to go rent the movie first so that I can watch two full series of the show. Like, it, it, it doesn't seem as intuitive. Yeah, I don't know what Mr. Netflix, I assume that's who owns it, Mr. Netflix. I don't know what he's yeah. doing there, but that contract, mm-mm, y'all needed to check it twice. y'all done messed up it's just so confusing um i have said this so many times before but pre-cell phone movies are such a joy to watch Mm -hmm. the like all every the most minuscule tiny little droplet of drama is magnified when Uh there's no cell phone because if you have to tell if you have to let someone know something you have to find them Mm -hmm. you have to go where is David Hyde Pierce? Yeah. Where is David Hyde Pierce? Where is? Which is something I'm wondering about. (laughs) Famously, the sequel of the film is Where is David Hyde Pierce? Um, You have to go find him. Mm -hmm. If you want, like Ken Marino's entire plot line in this film wouldn't happen if cell phones existed. Yes. Like Abby, I'll be there soon. Abby. Please don't make out with anyone else. We'll be there soon. Including (laughs) children. Including children. Gosh, that... I, like... I had so many thoughts. I was like, do they actually have these two make out? Or, I hope not. Yeah. I I think there was definitely a peck involved. Because, like, it's strategic. Because I was like, they might have a little double. Yeah. Also, like, having her just chew, having her chew gum with Ken Marino was one of the most sensual things. And that doesn't happen when you have an iPhone. Yeah. I I got my first iPhone in freshman year and I haven't been sensual since. (laughs) There's nothing sensual about an iPhone. Oh, you know what? There's gum. Sensual. Mm -hmm. And just hot, (laughs) wet, wet ass piece of gum. An American, um, first and foremost. Gum is American. Um, I just wrote down Beth and Henry's first conversation is comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's probably so my favorite funny. 
storyline of it is Beth and Henry because they are first of all it's pretty damn wholesome it's... but also those two are so like just such good actors yeah and this is important have you been to camp no okay so all right then I'll <laughs> okay poor for the, for the layman who've never been to camp um there often are like these cabins occupied by other random people um, really it, it can happen sometimes like he the idea is that he's renting a cabin that's near this camp that feels like child trafficking waiting to happen <laughs> i mean hopefully you do a background check i don't know hopefully you keep an eye on if they don't have to do a background check for an ar-15 they don't have to do a background check for a cabin in the middle of the woods (laughs) near some dumbass kids that belong to senators (laughs) but yeah so i this idea that this camp director has this sweeping affair with an astrophysicist renting a cabin nearby is very cute and very hilarious their plot line i think is not just the strongest, just like the most fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Because they both she just... comes in with her hair flipped over. <laughs> she in. When she and oh I can't remember his name. Well, I need to say his name later for something, so I won't say it. When she and the other guy are just going through the nurse's office and just picking stuff off the walls and throwing. And she's like, There's no There's <laughs> it's and they do the same thing, just like both with that and now I'll stop there because I don't want to I don't want to disrupt anything you might be about to say oh uh, no it's just it was one of my favorite things um what else did I write down I wrote down Christopher Maloney deserves the world parenthesis unless he is bad I don't think he's a bad person I think he's yeah he's one of the, he's in that category of white man where it's like let's check up on him every year so yeah it's like who knows just because I mean, he kind of but I don't know. For some reason, I trust anyone who has worked with Mariska Hart today. Has he? Has he worked with her on Law and Order? Yeah, and Is he on the same like one. And I feel like she. Yeah, they both did S. Yeah, mm-hmm. for at least he was on like at least the first like eight or nine seasons. Yeah, and he's coming back as that character, but not on that show. He's getting like a spinoff or something. Wow. But then it got like postponed because one of the producers posted an All Lives Matter thing. It was a whole thing. Dick Wolf said, no, I don't think that's going to work. Good for Dick Wolf. Dick Wolf. Also, if there was going to be a name of a predator, it would be Dick Wolf. It would be Dick Wolf. So we're all surprised that nothing has come out about him or has there. must, he has to be like loaded, right? He must have so much money absolutely i feel like he's one of those people that's like silently a billionaire like the same Mm -hmm. way julie julie louis dreyfus is Mm -hmm. like a gabillionaire and just no one we all forget she's just so she's just like a girl's girl she's just like so relatable (laughs) i mean absolutely because she's she's not she hasn't built she had a personality before she had money she didn't have to build her personality no she was born into money she was born into money yeah, her parents are. I just like, thought it was like that Seinfeld cash. No, she's like been loaded her entire life. Oh. That's what I. That's another thing. I think this is true. Let me look it up. But I. That's another thing that I find so impressive about her. Her parents are. Must have had cool parents. Her parents be doing something. Mm-hmm. Her yeah, her dad is Gerald Louis Dreyfus, who 
is a French businessman. His net worth is estimated at $3.4 billion. Oh, same, me too. Um, yeah, no, my dad's, whoa, my dad's net worth is also actually like similar. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to leave it at that. 3.4 something. 3.4 dollars. Sounds yeah. right. It feels right. It feels correct. Um, oh gosh, what is... Oh, wait, I just can't let go of them. The camp director's name, what is her name? Um, the actress's name or the... Or the character either, I don't know. The character is Beth. When Beth looks like... She, Katie, you're hot, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're, uh, you're what they would call hot, right? Uh, she's perfect. I didn't realize that she was on SNL. I don't think I realized that either. I just saw it on her Wikipedia page. Hmm. But I didn't look into it. For all I know, she was like a recurring cast member for one season. I have no idea. Yeah. Or she wrote the show. I truly don't know. I didn't or look into Lauren it. she's Michaels. It could be. I don't know. Uh, Lauren. What if she was Lauren? That'd be fun. Um, I want to do that. I want to become like a big TV producer under like a male alias. And no one ever sees me. And so, like, it just takes down all these barriers because, like, I'm a white man. Uh, and then I can just be like, mm, give me whatever I want. And JK Rowling walked so you could run. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to say what no one's been saying lately, which is thanks, JK. I'm going to say something that I don't think we hear enough anymore. JK Rowling, you're my girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else is good? Oh, when they beat the old lady. That, okay. We need to talk about the entire scene into town. Because I think yes. it's arguably one of the best parts of the movie. I'm glad you think so. Because it's like one of those things where I was watching it yesterday thinking, oh my gosh, maybe this isn't a good idea to talk about on a podcast. But no, I'm I like, it. but I it's, loved it. it's brilliant. It's so funny because that is true. Like those small towns, like I, like my high school was near a small town and they Mm -hmm. do look picturesque, but in reality, like drug filled, there's nothing else to do. Mm -hmm. Like what do you, like you either skip rocks on the train track, go down to the cabins and like, I don't know, get in the lake or something or you do heroin. And there's this like, I was a camp counselor once. I won't okay, brag. say the camp. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I won't say the camp because this story is not going to be shedding it in the best light. But um, there was a point where, like, all the camp French woods. <laughs> There's that moment though where, like, you get dropped off by some person, and then you're just at camp, and you have your phone, but like, you are just as stranded as the kids are. And so there's a moment where one person has a car is like, let's all go into town or let's go to, we were in Santa Cruz. So we went to the boardwalk and we're like, let's all go down. And so then like, I found myself suddenly standing there and every single counselor was smoking weed on this beach. And I was just like, oh, okay. So we're going to be here for a few hours. Right. But no, because as soon as everyone was high, people were like, all right, let's go back. And I was like in the cars and they were like, yeah. And so me and the one girl who hadn't smoked were like, uh, cool, we're going to get a car because we don't want to drive with a driver who is high. And they were like, okay, what? They were like, like, calm down, it's camp. It's camp. Uh, We're just going to go get high and mismanage children. 
to be a camp counselor on the boardwalk of Santa Cruz, getting <laughs> high. What sounds like a dream? Yeah. When they, oh God, what really makes it all work is when they get back into mm-hmm. um, the camp and they're like, oh, sometimes you just need to take an hour away. <laughs> but do, do you notice the moment where they go, oh, yeah, camp is great, like, or getting into town is great. Like sometimes you just need some time. And then one of them goes, Hey guys, wait up! And he runs over, and he joins, oh, and they're all just like leaning, just staring the at the wall. <laughs> and that's what makes the movie uh, great is these little moments like that, where it's like, "Fuck it, do that! Like, do whatever." So funny. Um, uh, I like. I love it. I also love the scene where um, I don't know any of their names. Like the main dude, Michael Showwater, is like they're like trading jackets. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, okay, well, actually, I'm yeah. going to need that back. <laughs> it's, it's my just, favorite jacket, so. Uh, um, okay, I have two things I want to talk about before the break. Mm-hmm. One is that Paul Rudd's character had a Confederate flag hanging up. Yes, yes, he did. And I didn't notice it until Michael Showater was walking out of his yeah. room. And I was I like. I don't think you do see a shot of it until that moment. And I was like, oh interesting it was like a clear sign of a film made a while ago but i also i could see that being not that it's good but i could see that being like this so i'm thinking oh this will just illustrate how shitty this character is yeah which it does it helps um which it fully does um but like it's kind of like when sarah silverman did blackface ironically to be like isn't it crazy when white people do blackface thinking like when liberal white people do it thinking that it's like satirical but then she did blackface to make that point and she has since apologized for it being like that was stupid of me like, uh, my logic <laughs> imagine being but, in blackface and being like isn't it weird when white people do blackface <laughs> my God. Isn't it crazy? stop that it's probably them thinking like, oh, isn't it funny if he has a Confederate flag? Because like people with Confederate flags suck. And like, well, that's become you now because you have a Confederate flag on your set for no yeah. reason. For not like a plot reason. Just like a, hey, it's here. Uh, yeah. It just, I saw it and it really took me out of it for a minute. <laughs> yes. Um, also, I don't know if you know this, but there's a special thanks at the end of the credits to the brand Fruit of the Loom. Which and I clothing? Don't they do clothing or underwear yeah, or something? They mostly do underwear. <laughs> I was like, did Fruit of the Loom like just donate a bunch of underwear for their to for them to wear throughout the film? You see Michael Showwater's underwear so often because he has a crop top and then like yeah. his pants are like a little below his waistband. I never did looked to see the brand. Fruit of the Loom. It could have said Fruit of the Loom. Maybe. It may. Like, oh, we should probably say it so that. Yeah. What was I gonna I say? Thanks for I was gonna say something else before we took our break, and now I can't remember. Oh wait, no, I do remember. I would say the one issue I have with the film at all is the fact that there's no people of color. Oh yeah. Except, well, is the actress that plays Beth mixed? I don't believe so. Yeah, but I'm not sure. I don't know, but there is tr- like truly a person of color doesn't show up until the capture the flag game. 
Yeah. When and I like, truly was like, what? Did you just stumble onto the wrong set? What's going, <laughs> what's going on here? Because he's supposed to look like Usain Bolt, right? Yeah, I guess. Like he's a lookalike. Because he's wearing those colors. Yeah, it did very much feel like... Uh, like. So it's in like, they were trying to base it on a real thing. But that's the thing. It's like they only brought in a man of color because they were trying to impersonate a man of color. Yeah. Um, at least they didn't have one of the white actors do it, you know? Yeah. It just, it's one of those things. Comedy, uh, no, because it's not helpful to be like, com- one of the, another one of these niche groups really does have a racism issue. It's like, no, there just is a racism issue. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was about to, because we say it all the time, like there's a r- racism in comedy, there's racism in musical theater, in the LGBTQ community, in like feminism like yes that's because it there just is a problem it's not mm-hmm. specific to those i don't know i don't know if any of that makes sense yeah well there's also this this thing that and i'm not saying that it necessarily justifies anything but it was very early on in most of their careers including david wayne and michael showalter who you know created it and they basically were casting like with the exception of like Chris Maloney and David Hyde Pierce and a few of the stars of the film, they were like casting their friends yeah. from like their TV show and friends from like their sketch comedy groups and stuff like that. And so they're pulling from a not very diverse pool. That doesn't mean that they shouldn't have put in an effort because it's not that hard to find people of color to be in your comedy, but it's like, David Wayne's films, as more time goes on, they get more diverse, not um, exceptionally, but it's like sure. you see you see his filmmaking change the same way you see everyone else's filmmaking change. Like, oh, people like to see people of color in movies because that actually reflects the world around them more than just, you know, this camp. Yeah. It just like, I mean, I don't know. I also didn't go to camp, but when I, I don't know if the camp world is like a very yeah white world. I mean, they are kind of simulating like an upstate New York yeah camp for mostly children of wealthy people. Um, so it does track that the camp would have mostly white counselors and kids. And so I guess it's, and it's it's set in 1981. Um, So, but like accuracy, I never think is an excuse. No, it's not. (laughs) Oh, just because it's accurate. It's like. It's like, if anything, that is worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because then it just keeps the cycle going where like camps think, oh, it's totally normal for there to be an all white camp. I saw Wet Hot American Summer and that was all white. And then all the movies are like, well, I went to camp as a kid, but there were no kids of color there. So we just can't, like, it just, you know. Yeah. Art imitates life. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. I don't know if you've ever heard this niche thing. No, I've actually never heard of that before. That's amazing. You should write that down. Yeah, thanks. Save it for later. And on that amazing note, we are going to take a break. And then we will be back with everyone's favorite segment that's poorly named called The Red Carpet. Bye. Bye.
Welcome to the red carpet, everyone. As oh. I've said many times, I hate the name of this segment. I love yeah. the segment. So if any of you have other ideas for what I should call this, feel free to send them my sexy little way. Please. Thank you so much. So what the red carpet is, is a bunch of questions or no, it's not even, they're not even all questions. They're just some fun things we're going to do about the movie, about the movie towards the movie. My brain broke during when the computer stopped working. My brain became fully smooth. I don't know what's yeah. going on anymore but this is the red carpet and we're here um okay so first what we're gonna do is review the movie in five words now this can either be five small phrases or it can be five separate um adjectives or it can be a five word sentence mm-hmm. i want to do a sentence because i don't want to let you down you know okay. um do you want me to go first or do you want to yes you go first okay mine is bradley cooper is a bottom <laughs> he is because he is. you you know gaga topped in a star is born <laughs> a thousand percent i and he seems like he's a pretty good one so you know what yeah all right i will say oh man this is hard it's okay we're with you paul <laughs> i hope you edit this dead space or just leave it in, make it raw, make it real. No, I <laughs> just like my WAP, make it raw. Um, no, I'm gonna edit it all out. White counselors do drugs often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not my best. Let me think of another. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, I liked it, but I, you know what? We take all, we take as many five word reviews. I'm gonna as say camp. Oops, surprise, Space Lab. Wait, what's it called? Space, space Lab is the name? Yeah. I wrote Oops. it down. Oops. Sky Lab. Oops, surprise. Yeah. Wait, surprise, Sky Lab. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> that's the one you gotta oh, use. Oh, gosh, that was, oh, wow. Yeah. It Like, that entire plot seems so dumb when it first happens when she's like come teach at the camp and then it gets to like the last 20 minutes and you're like this is actually perfect yeah okay next Uh, we have who deserved better now this can either be the like a plot line a character an actor um really anything who deserved better who deserved better um I'm going to say the cast of the musical number day by day. Yes. From their audience. I understand that it was a satire for everyone to be clapping along. And then when it ends for everyone to boo them. But I was like, this is not how we conduct ourselves in a theater. Um, We don't just boo. (laughs) It's completely unacceptable. And I felt for Amy Poehler's character in that moment. I wanted to give her a big old hug, which she would probably reject. And famously. Yeah. So I'm going to say, like, yeah, that little girl who sang um, Day by Day deserved better. She wasn't bad either. Yeah, she was perfectly lovely. Yeah, perfectly lovely. Just what you want to hear as a review. (laughs) 
I would I would kill for that kind of review. You know? I would have killed for one of my reviews from our college. What are those things called? Showcase to be perfectly lovely. Yeah. Perfectly lovely. Would I hire her? I get back to me. I'll get back to you. If I had something that was perfectly lovely. Uh-huh. If I if I did a project that I thought was perfectly lovely. I would break it. I would find a girl. That was what her on file under perfectly lovely. <laughs> that was what every agent at Showcase sounded like to me. <laughs> I remember your type. I remember you're a product. I remember. Um, for me, it's gonna be. Um, no, because I'm just now realizing how funny one moment the movie was. Um, for Okay, so one, it's going to be, for me, the entire soundtrack. Because okay. so many of those songs go on to be covered by the TV show Glee. And I think that's a tragedy. But I also <laughs> just realized how funny it is that um, they do... The, they, the soundtrack uses the song Beth by Kiss but it's instrumental the entire time. I just realized how funny that is. It's like, like you would only know that's funny if you knew the song Beth. When do they, when does it play? I didn't notice that. What an amazing question. I love it. I think it's one of your best questions so far. I don't know. I don't remember. I watched the movie. <laughs> I watched the movie maybe 26 hours ago and I don't remember. I just remember being like, Beth, I was just, just like, why do I know this song? And then it was Beth will kind of go. Well, I will like was if it was playing in a moment where like Beth, the character, the camp director, is falling in love, then that's really cute and really. I don't like, think it was. I think that's what was so interesting. Weirdly enough, because Paul Rudd is the lead in every single one of David Wayne's movies, uh, which is I think a strong choice. Like I, if I could make that choice, I would make it. You know, if um, I could cast Paul Rudd as a lead in every single one of my movies. Oh, yeah. He's perfectly uh, lovely. You know what? He's perfectly lovely. I do. No, you know who's um, perfectly lovely? That Paul Rudd. That Paul Rudd. I hate to be the first to say it, but that boy is perfectly lovely. And he doesn't age. <laughs> Original <laughs> People love to say that about <laughs> actors. They love it. Like, you know, if I and had access yeah. to really nice skin cream, I probably wouldn't age either. Yeah. But guess what? I'm dirt um, poor. <laughs> But in David Wayne's, I believe it is his third feature film, titled Role Models, Paul Rudd actually gets up on a car and sings the song Beth. Does he know the words in the movie? No. But he no. does sing Beth. So it must be a favorite of David Wayne's. Beth by Kiss. Beth famously by Kiss. Beth. Famously Beth by Kiss. Yeah. Beth That's by actually Kiss. the title and of the Kiss song. Is... <laughs> Beth by the Kiss. title of the song is and Beth Kiss. by Kiss. Kiss is featured in the movie. Um, I mean, not the band itself, but the concept <laughs> <laughs> the concept of kissing of kiss the band is featured in oh my gosh wow a david, wayne, a david wayne film um great yeah uh good for, yeah the soundtrack deserved better because clearly i didn't notice it at all so i there's three songs that really stand out to me that specifically i was like mm, that tv show did this danny's song um which is the song that's like, I think I'm gonna have a son. Even though we ain't got money. Yeah, it's called Danny's song for, I'm sure it has a reason, but who the fuck mm. knows it? Um, not me. 
I bet it's a quick Google search away, but there's no time. Um, <laughs> Kiss, no, wait, Beth by Kiss. And there's another song. Into the fire, into the fire, into the higher and higher. That song, is, they play it twice. What song? It's only desire, taking you higher and higher. They play it when the wind is happening. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think they that's- They also play it. I don't know if the TV show, that TV show covered that I can that hear song. Kurt singing it, but that's more my uh, wishful thinking <laughs> than maybe reality. I'm going to look up the soundtrack really quickly. Jane, Jukebox Hero, that's the other one that they did. Mm. I'm a jukebox hero. It's weird that I have did not notice that that song was in it. So. Jukebox Hero? Yeah, no, not at all. Well, you know... He can't be everyone's hero. Okay, um, moving on. <laughs> um, next, we have the did we need that? Which again, plot, movie, actor, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Just like, did we, did we need did that? Did we need that? Well, I will say that about any pedophilic type humor, which I will say is like having the counselor make out with that child. Um, just in like that moment is a big one but like I don't know any anything like that that kind of doesn't age super well yeah Uh, well a lot of things don't age well in this movie but like I don't need any of the kids involved to be sexualized in any way you know and that's that's that one moment oh yeah Molly Shannon ends up with the little boy at the end yeah Um, luckily they don't do anything they don't kiss or anything like that um, yeah, but he massages her. Yeah, he massages she goes, her and then, like puts her hair back. And she point. goes, "Oh, you're so good at that." Yeah, she says, "Your hands are magic." <laughs> um, <laughs> no, Molly. Um, which is a bummer too, because I love the Molly Shannon storyline. Yeah. Without that little feature, I would love it if he was just like, because I like the fact that he's like, "We're here for you," and the fact that all the kids are like, "We're on your side." Um, and that she gets her confidence from the campers. And I guess it's not as edgy without the um, relationship with the child, but I could have done with that. Sure. That's my answer. Okay. I think for me, it's going to be the character of the nurse. She has one good line, and then we don't hear from her again. Is it Coop? Go chit. Because that's a great line. No, for me, it was or when she's it, like, I need lube. My for my pussy. pussy. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. And then it we don't see her again. I like her. I like her as uh again, as a camp goer. You wouldn't understand, Patrick, but as somebody who's been to camp, like I do like her as that kind of co-director figure who's get like giving people shit and telling them what to do. Because like Beth's character is so much like at the very beginning. She's like, you guys are out of your bunks. You're in trouble. Like, she doesn't give a shit. Yeah. And I feel like the nurse picks up all of, like, everyone else's things that are crumbling. But don't you feel like maybe like Molly Shannon's character and the nurse could have been combined? Yeah. That is true. I um, like I liked it. I don't, it's not... I Honestly, I didn't have a lot mm-hmm. of did-we-need-that moments. Mm-hmm. So, really, that's just my one nitpicky thing oh the other uh, did we need 
the vaguely autistic kid who has superpowers. In oh, show. no, they could have just made him weird. Yeah, like they just, they chose, the choices the actor made, maybe the, the writers made, just made him just vaguely, it was vaguely problematic. Yeah. We could have no, done without with that. that. Yeah. Yeah, they truly just could have been like, he's into rockets or mm-hmm. whatever he's into. He thinks aliens are real. I don't remember. Yeah, there's plenty of kids who don't have friends at camp that don't necessarily like act the way that person acted. Yeah, they just don't have world. friends because they suck and everyone else is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Famously, when you don't have friends, it's not because of anything other it's than the fact fault. that it's you, you are at mm-hmm. fault. You're the problem. And actually, that's now what this podcast is about. It's no longer about reviewing movies. It's just about telling people why they don't have friends. Uh-huh. People call in. <laughs> and they're like, here's a rundown of who I am. Why don't I have friends? And we're like, oh, good question. It's because of you. It's because of who you are. Because Bye. of every choice you've made since the day you were born. And that's every episode. Okay. Next week, (laughs) I started thinking about something else. I started thinking about how would you do that podcast, and like went okay. Um, next we have the I didn't know they were in this slash wait who is that award? This is so this is for your Missy Piles. This is for the people that know them. You love them. You cannot remember their name or where you've seen them before. So you have to Google. You have to Google the movie you're watching. Go to the Wikipedia page. Scroll down. Find out what character they're playing. Look up. 25 times to the screen and wait till they say the character's name and go oh that's Rebecca then you press on Missy Pyle's name and then you're like you go scroll down to her filmography and be like where do I know this girl from and then you find it it's from Josie and the Pussycats ah. um well that one's I am a big fan of a lot of people in the film so that didn't happen a ton for me but I will say that 80 Miles who plays like the uh he works in the cafeteria with Glenn. Oh, um, yes, 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 yes. He is also, I believe, like the head writer on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon or something. Sure. I don't know if he's the head writer, but he is a writer on Jimmy Fallon and that's where I first saw him. So I remember thinking like, oh, that guy. Huh. <laughs> yeah, that's all. He's, hmm. he acts because like, you know, I thought of him as a yeah. comedy writer. Sure. Um, but I'm like, oh yeah, he's done some films and he's been in some of other David, David Wayne's other stuff. Um, yeah. So I was like, oh, look at this guy. For me, it's um, Jolo Truglio. Is that how you say his last name? Yes, Jolo Truglio. True, excuse me, Joe. But Jolo I've never heard it aloud. <laughs> <laughs> I just watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine and that's how I say it to myself. Yes, and see it and, uh, that's where I know him from. And I didn't realize he was in this movie because I don't know his name. Because the only mm-hmm. people from that movie whose name I know are like Andy Samberg and Chelsea Peretti mm-hmm. and Terry Crews, but not for like any reason that's good. But um, <laughs> yeah, I just didn't didn't know he was in this. He looks so different. Yeah, uh, I, I I besides the haircut, I feel like he looks the same. I I don't know what it was, but it took me a minute. Maybe it was just that I just couldn't figure out where I knew him from. Mm-hmm. I also didn't realize until I went to his. I'd never put it together that he's in Pitch Perfect too. That he's the one that sings that I went sky diving. I went during the like pitch off, the riff off. Who knows? 
he is also one of the he's in four out of five of David Wayne's films um because David Wayne reuses a lot of these people over and over okay. and over again interesting and he doesn't have a perfect score what's going on there um, only Paul I think Paul Red's the only one who controversy controversy but in Wanderlust with Jennifer Aniston uh, he, I've seen Wanderlust yeah he plays the nudist in that <gasps> he does writes the novel yeah oh good for him Aww. Oh, 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 he oh, him. and him they, do, they do show he does full frontal in that film um uh, just i want to remind all the viewers at home that joe lo truglio does do full frontal in one you know who, you know ken marino should have done full frontal in this film <laughs> <laughs> um but and i don't know if it was prosthetic but if not well done joe that's all i have to say joe good for joe Good for Joe and Joe's Joe. Joe's Joe. Good for Joe. Good for Joe's Joe. You did a good job. Um, also, Sam Levin for me, who plays the kid that they have to give a shower to. Oh, he's in um, Sydney White. Have you ever seen that film with I have Amanda Bynes? Ago. Where she's like, I have to be in the sorority. Yes, I only um, remember one line from that movie, which this girl comes up to um, the blonde. What's her name? She's, she was like in everything in 2007. She is also in like Sleepover and Aquamarine. Oh, yes. yes I know exactly what you're talking about. I can't think of her name. Uh, yeah, but she she's like the soror- like head of the sorority. And this yeah. girl runs up to her and she's like, oh my gosh, I lost five pounds. Because she's like the fat one of the movie, but she's not fat at all. And she's like, I lost five pounds. And then the girl's like, look, I found it in your ass. And she says that. And I was scarred by that as a tiny little chubby child <laughs> oh. and i hated i hated that so much that i could never rewatch the film because uh. i was like that's so mean wow wow speaking of pounds i went to the <laughs> doctor today and like i knew i'd gained weight in like the past few months and he said something about it because he was like he was like you know you've put on a little weight but also so of most of my like the people i see <laughs> everyone so, in america honestly i would have been more concerned if you hadn't yeah. And I was like, okay, amazing. So what you're telling me is that I'm normal and should keep going the way I'm going. Yeah. My should... one of my New Year's resolutions was to not step on a scale or measure myself because I think I last year I did that too much and yeah. I got a little obsessive about it. And I was like, you know, for my mental health, like what if I because almost every year my New Year's resolution is like weight related. And this year I was like, uh-huh, fuck it. I'm not gonna step on a scale once. And I chose the right year for that. You really did. Because COVID is happening all around us and people are like, I put on like the COVID-15 and I'm like, I don't know. And even by now, if I stepped <laughs> on a scale, if I stepped on a scale by now, I wouldn't know when that had taken place. Yeah. Between, like January and today. So it's like the appeal is lost of stepping on the scale. Yeah. So I have nothing to compare it to. I went through like a big weight loss journey last year, lost a bunch of weight, put a little back on in the winter, but you know, it's winter. You gotta stay warm. It's Christmas. And then like the year started back up and like February was ending and I was like, you know, I'm going to really get back on my shit. First two Mm -hmm. weeks of March, I was a perfect, good little healthy boy. And then COVID started. And at first they were like, it's just going to be a few weeks. So I was like, okay, vacation vacation everyone and just like ate and drank like like a like i'm on the beach of a place that has one and 
I just never stopped until late July. <laughs> Who is that song by? Vacation. It's uh-huh. um, the Go Go's, I think. Okay, because the only place I've heard that song is Brooklyn Nine Nine. With um, actually, I think Joe Lo Truglio maybe sings it at some point. That sounds about right. I feel like he's the only character on that <laughs> show that would ever sing. Yeah. Uh, okay, so next we have. The me moment. This is the moment where something happened and you went, Me. That's me. Um, well, the character, basically Coop, our sort of like leading male, the Michael Walter character, he feels very me, especially as a camp counselor. I wasn't really the cool camp counselor, if you can believe it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, the, I'm a little... He's not, his character is not super rule oriented, but I'm definitely the one where like, while everyone else is like hooking up at camp, I'm like, are the girls in bed on time? (laughs) Um, And lights out at nine. Yeah, I was like, and they're like, but that cabin's still awake. We can see their lights on. And I'm just like, well, our cabin gets to bed on time. You're like, well, that cabin's going to hell. (laughs) Yeah, I was not the most fun, but my kids were always very well rested, so you're welcome. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, but, I, so I relate to him just kind of in his, like, he doesn't know how to talk to Katie, and he just, he's like, even if he could potentially flirt, he can't do it in camp, because he's just yeah. like, ah. Um, that, and just all of the kids, the kids at the table when uh, Bradley Cooper and Amy Poehler are giving that speech where they're like okay you guys like if you can't carry a tune like don't waste our time they're like basically discussing the talent show auditions um because i don't know if you've heard i'm a musical theater girl at heart and (laughs) that moment is just (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so it's just like you know classic and i i worked at a theater camp so it was just very like really and being the kid because there's one girl in that shot who looks back at her friend she's so excited even though bradley cooper and amy poehler are being so mean she is thrilled to be like whipped into shape oh me all know. throughout high school yeah. with like a theater director who it's was... like you kind of want that mean theater director yeah. because you want to be a star yeah and you know they can help you get there <laughs> hurt me break me <laughs> break me down and then help me build myself back up like exactly that's yeah. not good it's a good moment when right before the talent show happens, she they're like, okay, now from with a song from Godspell. And she says, I just want to tell everyone that the, the campers you're about to see suck dick. Great line. Um, uh, it's so good. Um, just, that disclaimer is good. Love it. For me, my me moment is when the girl in the dance class falls. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. sounds about right. Um, yeah, that's but all I have to say. she gets back up. Does she? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they spend that much time on her. Mm-mm. Okay, next we have plan a sequel or write a jingle. So Ooh. there already is like the sequel series. You can yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and plan whatever sequel you want or you can write a jingle. Okay. <clears throat> Ooh, ah, wet, hot. The summer is so wet and hot. That's it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm disappointed you didn't just change the lyrics to WAP, but I loved that. 
I loved that. I just wanted, I felt that, ooh, ah, that's what was really leading me. <laughs> that was my ooh, first instinct. Wow. You know, and as an actor, I've been taught to follow my instincts. And yeah. Like, ooh, ah, that's what I was going tell, can you Can you tell us more about that? Tell us more about actors and instincts. Yes, 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 yes. So the thing about actors <laughs> that many people don't realize is that acting is actually reacting. Stop. <laughs> That's too okay. Okay, and I've just blown his mind. Listeners, and if you want to learn more, you can subscribe to Rosie's Patreon, a million dollars a month. Yes, I will leave jingles like that. Um, I will cover WAP there only. Sorry, it's too <laughs> exclusive for this podcast. But at my Patreon, my pa- you can hear me for my patrons. WAP. My Patreon for my patrons. There's this great. TikTok of this guy doing an impression of John Mulaney singing Wop. Stop. I've seen it. I think I saw and part of it. Like, I didn't actually watch it. Like, I said certified freak, which I can't <laughs> do it very well, but it's pretty good. <laughs> certified oh, freak. That's so good. Um, mm. I think for me, I normally do jingles, but I don't know. I don't think I can top with just. But you can't top, yeah. I yeah. So I think right. I'm gonna plan a sequel. I think I want my sequel to be about Bradley Cooper and um, mm-hmm. the other gay one. I don't know. Michael Ian Black. <laughs> yeah, uh, I want it to be about the two of them. Um, mm-hmm. I want it to be like a little soft core porny. No, for I sure, because wa- that's the best part. I I'm curious because like I think that they handle that storyline really refreshingly oh shocking like, Be- better than most films released today the second you're like oh no it's 2001 this could get ugly like this could get bad it's like it's 2001 both of the actors are straight yikes this could be really bad um but it ends up being kind of touching yeah and at the you- end when they're like uh, this is for you <laughs> they're like oh shit we're about to get beat up and they're like it's a chaise lounge and they carry in a crate and barrel box. It's we didn't know like if you had touching. one. They're uh, <laughs> like, oh, thank you. Oh, so sweet. I think Love it. I want a sequel with them. I do want there to be sex scenes. I want them to be like interior designers in New York with like mm-hmm. their own, um, not firm, but what are they called? With their own design team. And I want them. I was going to say company. With their own, oh, no, not that one. <laughs> um, no, we can't get the rights from Sondheim to call it a company. But, um, what else do I want for them? I don't think I want any of the other characters in it because I don't like straight people. But, um, yeah, that's, that's a fun spinoff too, especially just considering how famous Bradley Cooper is now and how relatively the same level of famous Michael Ian Black is. Michael Ian Black can go to the grocery store. Yeah, he he can, and some nerd, probably me, would be like, oh my gosh, you're in my Hot American Summer, but I wouldn't know his name or the character he played, but I'd be like, you were gay in my Hot American Summer. He'd be like, yeah, that's me. You were, you were, you were gay with Bradley Cooper. (laughs) How was that? Was that fun? It seemed fun. Are you a top in real life? <laughs> I'm so sorry to interrupt your shopping, but are you really a top? You need to know. Oh gosh. Oh. Oh wow. He like Bradley Cooper somehow, I don't know if it's that Bradley Cooper looked old in this film, 
or that he looks young now? Yeah, I think he looks young now. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's another Paul Rudd. Those boys just don't age. They just, these, these white boys just aren't <laughs> aging. Oh, God. There are their wrinkles. Most <laughs> white people have wrinkles. How'd they do it? Oh, wow. Okay, last we have, does it go in the vault? So this is to say, like, you know how Cong- like Congress has, like, the library of films and stuff that they mm-hmm. use, they preserve, like, the films that they think are most representative of the art form and such. For This can either be your own personal vault or a vault, like, if you were to give a vault to, like, a niece or nephew, because I just assume no one wants kids, because you only want kids <laughs> in this economy if you're, like, dumb. Um so a niece and nephew, like if you were to be like, these are films that represent like whatever they're trying to do, they're doing it better than any other film that's trying to do something similar. Yeah, I would I would say it goes in the, like more in the sketch comedy vault or more in the sort of wacky comedy vault than in the film vault. <laughs> I I put it like in a vault for my niece and nephew like once they turn 13 like yeah you You guys can watch Um, Bradley Cooper and Michael Ian Black fuck (laughs) I think it's like standing up of all things (laughs) of all things well but I think like as a student of comedy which I've often been called um by myself but I, I've been I, called I, it <laughs> by me to other people on my own resume but I've been called mm-hmm. it uh I think that it is an important watch yeah I also think it is a good watch because it's so so star-studded so you're watching a lot of people do a lot of good work and yeah you're seeing like Amy Poehler work with Paul Rudd for the first time like you're seeing um Bradley Cooper get his start and it's and seeing the documentary is really fun too because they all stayed at camp they all basically were at camp while filming this movie and so it's fun to watch a movie that has that vibe has this kind of team effort vibe it's not like the most beautiful film ever made or the smartest film ever made but it is like you can sort of sense that camaraderie kind of experience absolutely yeah i agree i think i would put it in like a vault i think it represents like these types of kind of not quite parody but um just this type of absurd comedy film i think this movie for some reason gets lumped in a lot with movies that it's not very similar to and i think that mostly has to do with like the title like i've always seen this movie lumped in with like american pie and all of those things which yeah. american pie softcore porn like that's not mm-hmm. this and not funny i mean yeah, i have seen american pie but like i've never seen the first one but the other ones are not good mm-hmm. um, yeah i it, it gets lumped in with a lot of kind of the seth rogan kind of yeah. genre which some of those are really good but yeah even, no some of them are the Funniest Even the things. ones that are good are not quite as absurd. No, they're not this. Some of some of them are, but like again, like the highest rated, quote unquote, are not yeah. very weird. This is a good weird film. Yeah. I, also, out there. I agree that I think it's really fun to see a lot of people get their start and still see them mm-hmm. be like like you get it, like you get why they are where they are now, because even mm-hmm. in this film, like 
that was only released in 30 cities they're all like giving like amazing performances Mm -hmm. and they everything was going wrong like it was raining pretty much every day it would like it was a feature film debut for David Wayne and a lot of people's first feature film and if if there had been a diva on that set like a Bradley Cooper were secretly just like a pain in the ass to work with he would not have thrived on that set because everyone just had to be getting along and had to be kind of dealing with the unexpected and the unreasonable and so it gives you the feeling that everyone who made that film happen seems like like they can hang (laughs) yeah I was really into it and yeah like nothing bonds people together like a miserable experience (laughs) which is why after COVID COVID. we're all gonna we're all gonna be a family best friends which is perfectly lovely perfectly lovely it's per- it's perfectly lovely to have best friends it's perfectly lovely oh gosh rosie it's not my favorite thing it's but... not it's not my favorite thing, but... <laughs> rosie thank you so much for being here today where You're so welcome <laughs> where can people find you do you have anything you would like to plug at this current moment well i am releasing a web series in the future when this will be released it probably will not be announced yet so i'm not saying its name for that reason okay but you can follow me on instagram at real rosie tyler none of them fake rosie (laughs) not one of the thousands of fake Mm non-verified accounts i've had my identity stolen so many times (laughs) but um that real rosie tyler is me and uh, you can follow me there, and that is where I will announce it. So if you thought I was funny, then you can watch something I made that is funny. And if you didn't think she was funny, you can suck a dick. Yeah. <laughs> and enjoy it. And also, and have fun. <laughs> and have fun. Like, be safe. Get tested. Don't forget the balls. You know, don't forget them. Just like George W. Bush said, no kid left behind. <laughs> don't drop the ball don't drop the George who is perfect who's perfectly lovely don't drop the ball you know I used to not think George Bush was a very good president but then I met Trump and I was like you know what George Bush is perfectly lovely you know what actually George Bush did everything fine and good and is not bad (laughs) that's a lie but oh wow (laughs) bye everyone have a beautiful day or not wow